Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk about issues relating to the food and hospitality industry with insights from guests including chefs, business owners, producers, policymakers and experts. This week we're talking about why hospitality is awesome. There can be a tendency for discussion about the industry to veer towards the negative, so we're going only positive this week and talking about what people love about the job. We're joined by Jesse Alamedine, head chef from His Boy Elroy here in Wollongong, and we have a call in from Adam Bantock, chef and owner of Clementine Restaurant in Yass. Hope you enjoyed the show. Let's do this. Welcome to The Gong Show, episode number 10. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, my name's Stefan, as always, joined by Simon Evans. Hey, yeah. And Andy Burns. Hey. And we've got Jesse Alamedine from Lee and Me and His Boy. Thanks for joining us, Jesse. Hey, thank you. Thanks for coming along. Uh, we'd like to acknowledge the Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of the Illawarra and pay respect to elders past and present. Yolanga, everybody. Yolanga. So, anyway, guys, we've been obviously on a hiatus, which is all my fault. I don't think we've done a podcast in about six weeks or something like that. No. Um, I said to you guys at the beginning of September, no, hold on, at the beginning of July, I was like, we, I can't, I can't, I don't have the time to do any podcasts in July. Yeah, I said, just, (laughs) I know you guys have been preparing for the next podcast, so just put those preparations (laughs) on hold. Because I've been, I've been out, I've been making another cookbook, and yeah, when it comes down to the last sort of month of production of a cookbook, uh, I just basically needed to focus all my attention on doing that, and I didn't really have the time to do anything else at all. So it was just a volume of work sort of thing. So apologies for not being around for a while but uh we got through yeah i I hope everyone's been okay without listening to us dribble on for a couple of hours yeah every couple of weeks yeah you've got through it jesse without the gong show it was it was tough (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much we we do appreciate that jess (laughs) not gonna lie but we're back it's been confronted we're back and so much has happened wollongong's changed wollongong's a different place uh anyway look Enough of this tomfoolery. Let's really? <laughs> More tomfoolery. We're done there. Guys, let's just catch up quickly. What's everyone been up to? Andy, you've got had all sorts of stuff. It's just been Father's yeah. Day on Sunday. Father's you had a couple oh, yeah. of events. Yeah, well, we've just had a busy week all around. The food truck and two smoking barrels. Just, I guess Father's Day is like... You know, the day to go and eat barbecue and drink tins. So we should yeah. just embrace that. And uh, busiest day we've ever had, which is really great. 
and the crew killed it. Um, so that's really good for us because Gav's, um, my business partner Gav's very busy driving that food truck around and um, so having a good crew down there is a big help. Um, On you, Gav. Thanks, Gav. Shout out to Gav. Um, yeah, he, he works, his, fuck, he dad, works his fucking ass off. He's an animal. Also busy. Um, but yeah, we also had, I guess the other exciting thing we had going was the um, P&B pop-up night with Mike Benny, um, Lou and Ty, which was just... Can you explain what P&B P- is? P- sorry, P&B is a uh, very cool bottle shop, I guess, in Newtown, but they also do little... Um, they do heaps of different stuff there, like wine tastings, but educational things. Um, Mike's such, like, he's such a switched on, unique individual who's like fucking very well connected um, and gets some amazing products through through their bottle shop. So they basically put together the, it was a fucking one of the coolest like wine lists like I've seen, like just for, for someone just, they just didn't throw it together. Like they, it was very well thought out, but they put together a bunch of really fucking unique wines and we really didn't mark it up very much and just fucking everyone let loose, poured out a heap of good booze and like they literally, we sold out of everything they had. That yeah, night. right. Yeah. Wow. We had to put it, put our own list on later on so people could keep drinking. Like, wow. And it was just like, we just turned the, the restaurant into, there was, it was pretty hilarious. We had like tacky fucking disco lights going everywhere and um, a, a DJ it was so funny like but everyone had the best time and um, I mean there was in completely responsible service of alcohol but everyone was quite inebriated by the time the night was uh, done in a totally fucking good way and we kicked on at um, the Black Cockatoo shout out to Eric and Maddie and Brad as well because they opened the bar um, I mean they yeah. are open but they kept it open late that night um, and everyone that was at the restaurant kind of just took over down there um, and kept drinking which was awesome and then we might have had a sneaky uh, one or two upstairs at Caveau after yeah. after that a um, Co- couple of the last last stragglers yeah. made it to the final point yeah but that was a that was an incredible incredibly fun night like um, might we'll we definitely be doing some more stuff with those guys in the future hopefully getting back down here and, and um you know, have another party with them because it, it was a bunch of fun, and I just, I think it's so good for for Wollongong. It's just like to have these guys coming down here. It creates a bit of hype about Wollongong itself, and and um, the fact that you know they are they're always so surprised at the reception they get, mm. and that that people just fucking drink all the wine and really really love it all. Like I just don't think they expected a lot. Of, like some of the guys we've had down here, they don't expect it. Yeah, it must be cool for people to see that in in a city like Wollongong that they're not that familiar with. That there's people that are in touch with these sorts of wines and and you know support it and embrace it. That yeah, must be a cool thing, yeah. You know, to go I to think, a new city yeah. and be like, we love yeah. what you do. That's fucking cool. And, and it's cool for Wollongong to see like that these people that are you know he, he's such a well respected wine guy, like GT Wine Mag, Wine Front, Delicious Mag. You know all these things that are so familiar to people. They're starting to realise that, you know, just because the wines are a bit different, it doesn't mean that, that they're not good. Yep. And it doesn't mean that they're fucking completely weird and out there. They're still approachable and they're fun and they're really drinkable. And that there are people that are so well respected in the wine industry that actually, like, also say they're good, not just us. Like, yep. it's, yeah, it helps the restaurant a lot. Like, yeah, and cool. we're, we're lucky that these guys, you know, are um, so open to, to doing things with us. And I think the more things like this that we do, the better traction we get in 
getting more people like this down here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love, it, love the collapse. Slowly, slowly changes the narrative of Wollongong as well, because I think everyone still has the, the view of it being that dodgy little city down south. Exactly. Yeah. So it just if, if more people come down and see that there's stuff happening, it's cool, and there's people who yeah. enjoy good food and good wine, then it just, just changes people's perception a little bit at a time, and that, that's what's key down here, really. And that's that's a big, like, it's a massive goal of ours, and I think we're really achieving that and yeah. getting in getting Wollongong a bit of put on the map a bit like that with the Sydney cruise like and, and he Mike sent us a message saying he was just so appreciative of you know like how welcoming everyone was like you know Eric and Maddie opened the bar and we all got to go down there and so we didn't have to you know go to a club or some dive just to have a drink post midnight yeah. on a Wednesday night um we had a good bar with good booze that we could keep drinking at and then Simon opened the doors you know to the restaurant for us to come back here like you know all we did was sit upstairs and just have a couple of glasses of wine but yeah. like um yeah it's so good. it's yeah. a good community exactly yeah, yeah. 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 that was the vibe that, they yeah. got and they yeah. really appreciate it I don't think you probably wouldn't have that in, in many places no where you could have a sort of uh, end up at three different venues from, from, from one night and kind of exactly like that. cool Jesse you when did you get back from overseas uh, two weeks ago so give us a little rundown. Like, I mean, obviously as a chef, I assume a lot of what you did was eat I while you were there so. and party. And party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were, you were in the States. Tired. You want to give us a little rundown of, of, of your little trip? Yeah, I did 10 cities in eight weeks in the States. Did East Coast, West Coast and spent a lot of time in the South. Yeah. Um, went to a lot of distilleries, drank a lot of bourbon, which was probably the best part of the trip. Yeah. Uh, Best part that I can mention on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you mean? <laughs> um, that was really cool. Like Portland and Seattle had the craziest beer and coffee scene that I've ever seen in a city itself. Like food carts and trucks everywhere, and real, real hospitality-driven cities up there. And mm. then good quality else, product, like at, at all these venues you go to and stuff as well. Yeah, the, the, the product over there was surprisingly real good like most supermarkets and most just hole in wall delis had better produce than we're getting over here at Coles and stuff like that like yeah, right. real good stuff I've never seen before stuff I've only read about in books and stuff was an abundance over there so it was yeah. pretty cool um, a lot of the places we ate we ate real divey we, like we did the stereotypical American thing so a bunch of Philly cheesesteaks and and whatnot, which was real sick you got to do it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bar scene over there is crazy, crazy good. Like every city we went to, that all they have is small bars, like clubs and RSLs and stuff aren't a thing over there. Of course, yeah. Pretty much anywhere, and they all stay open till two to four, so it's completely different yeah. culture over there, which is sick. It's yeah. interesting that hey, like, there's no clubs. There's like, sorry, there's clubs. There's no RSLs or like, there's no real pubs. It's like yeah. I'd see the it's a bar sometimes the bar has food like or there's sports bars like it's just it's just so different but it's all very um, product driven yeah. like no pokies yeah. in the back or anything yeah, like that yeah. to, to make money so their yeah. focus is solely on their drinks and their food like yeah. Yeah. it's very different yeah. and the culture over there the drinking culture you don't realise I guess how much of a problem we have over here till you go over there like they have no RSA realistically at all yeah. over there and there's no problems at all Yeah. like I yeah. met up with Luke and Ben in Louisville. Actually. Oh, did you did you see them when yeah. they were okay? Yeah, we're both in Louisville. Did they see? Could time. they see you? Or? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're both in Louisville at the same time, and we went to this place called the PBR Pabst Blue Ribbon Cowboy Bar, oh. 
where they had yes yes yeah exactly <laughs> where they had they had this, like part of their tour where they had a VIP bottle service and bottle service over there meant they literally bought out free bottles of bourbon and put them on our table with pourers and we just went nuts like there was uh, there was a mechanical bull machine every like ten there to, was mate yeah, yeah, every 10 to 15 minutes all the staff would stop and get on the bar and start dancing like it was everything you'd think coyote ugly and, yeah, yeah and it was the nicest and I was like I talked to Luke and I was like why why don't we have this here like our government's real strict and then I kind of stopped and I was like no if this was in Australia there'd be fights and there'd be <laughs> drunken messes everywhere yeah. I was like the alcohol sales over there 24 hours a day at convenience stores and stuff and mm. they don't have that need I guess for a lockout law or so forth yeah. because the culture over there is a lot so the question is, 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 it, is it the culture or is it the legislation or is, yeah. is it just it's ingrained in combination in of yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, like, I guess that's the question isn't it's it it's such a tough one to pinpoint isn't it mm. it is yeah oh that's awesome Jesse sounds like you had a good time yeah um, Simon oh, fuck all really tell us about your game dinner um, I like the, ga- I like the game oh, yeah. dinner right oh yeah that was cool actually that, yeah. that was uh, what did that, two weeks ago it was game um, farm yeah yeah it's a game farm on the uh, top game suppliers producers um, in Australia uh, they kind of let us have all their products at a, a slightly discounted rate which is the problem with some of these things like little squabs cost about $26 a bird yep. so it's quite hard to get on your menu otherwise so we haven't cooked squab here for quite a while um, yes it did a pretty heavy uh, carnivorous dinner like seven courses of meat. Yeah, it would have been yeah, um, pretty game dinner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I got my vegan friend to work that night as well. Which was, it was a coincidence. It wasn't on purpose. Realized no, that. You, no, you were sick. Realized right? that was showed up. I was like, oh, sorry about this. But um, uh, yeah, but that was cool. And the, the guys from Game Farm came down as well. Um, chat to customers and a little chat. What they're doing. Um, seeing things want to do in the future. Getting a, get a little drying room for the game. Well, that'd be pretty cool. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, just, and just getting just when you do something like that, you get the they give you the, the best product and, and you, know, you, hope, you hope you always get the best product but you, you know, get the freshest stuff get the stuff that's all intact so all, all the birds came you know, head on claws on yep. um, everything you want um, none of it was frozen so it was just, it was just super good quality stuff um, and things that we wouldn't normally be able to have on the menu because of the price like with a little squab we got uh, two portions out of a bird yep. so you know, looking, yeah. at, looking at $10 plus a portion and that just becomes out of range. So it was, it was really cool to get them in. Um, we dried them and then roasted them. Kept kept the little didn't didn't keep the head on. I thought that was a bit too far for Wollongong. Yeah, that's what I I, yeah, I got some birds. I got left had some birds on, and Jen said I wasn't allowed. To, like, I yeah. was like, can I leave the head on? She's like, no, you fuck can't. Yeah, like, yeah. What really? What do you mean? This is, this is yeah. how it is. This we were worried. We left the claws on the on the leg and the thigh. We thought that might worry people. Everyone kind of everyone quite liked that. Thing, no, we, yeah, we did quails and we left yeah. the we left yeah. the claw on. We, dish we did. Yeah, no. so it's always a toss up though. In, in I guess anywhere. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. little things like that. You're like, that's what it is though. Well, they did it. Yeah, well, exactly. We don't want to scare people off. Yeah, but it was a good night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, for us. They did it at Esther. We've done, made the sausage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that got like real bad backlash. And that was, well, good, it. it got good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I only saw positive from that really. Oh my god, I didn't look at the comments. Was but it? yeah, it's, it's a funny one because that's how that's how birds come. Yeah. That's what I don't <laughs> get. <laughs> like, yeah. like, if you like, eat it and heads. you're sensitive to that, then maybe stop eating it. Like yeah, I, yeah. I don't know because that's reality. That's Sorry. Really, yeah. <laughs> People think their meat comes in. Prepackaged forms from coals. I don't they think they know deep down yeah, it exactly. doesn't, yeah. but they just don't want to yeah. fucking accept it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was cool. It was good to like. It's good to have relationships with these with these suppliers, and it's 
you know, normally they're a voice on the phone or they're just an email away, so it's good when they actually come down. It's cool, hey. Um, and you can chat to them, and then and they're, they're always pretty, uh, you know, they're chuffed to see their, what, their, what their product's getting used with as well. Mm. Um, so we've even had like Crocodile on, which is still a hard one to get. To get to a point where it's tasty, yeah, such, such a weird, such a weird meat. Um, but yeah, so we yeah, managed to make crocodile fairly tasty. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't mind trying again with that. <laughs> but uh, like, it, that, yeah, it, just, it came I out pretty well. Appreciate the honesty. Did you yeah. do the dessert course? We did. We did a um, did. We used duck eggs yeah. and did a parfait with duck eggs and then or duck eggs and bacon and then did like brioche using the duck eggs as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, so cool. managed to get a little game dessert in there. Nice. That was fun. That was cool. Happy days. Um, I've been yeah, as I said before, I've been making a book, uh, making a book for a restaurant in Barrel called Bistro Officina, which I guess I've told you guys about. But um, Is it's Officina. Officina. Yeah. I always say Officina. Yeah, because you don't you fucking say pronounce things correctly. Yeah, because you're Welsh. Um, My bad. Yeah, so it's been an interesting process. It's been really hard. It's the first time I've made a book for a restaurant. All all the books that I've done in the past have been these regional ones, and it's kind of like challenging also because uh, it's a bit of a risk, I guess. I don't really like. There's no sort of like precedent for me as to how many books I can sell. I'm kind of just like Hmm. tossing up in the air about how it's going to work. But it's a pretty cool story. do you guys want to know? Do you guys want to know any like anything else about this book? Like, because what I was thinking, I could read you a little like, I could read you a little thing from it if you're interested about what the book's actually about. Yeah, tell us about the book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so the restaurant's like a, um, it's a, like it's a casual restaurant, but it's really nice. Uh, Nico and Alex Kotcher own it, and yeah, everything is cooked over fire. Nico has a long sort of and you know quite an illustrious experience in some really good restaurants all around the world i'm going to read you what what i'm going to read you is a a little section from the back of the book which kind of explains a little bit about what the book is about um and then yeah you can get a bit of an understanding of it and like let's not pull any punches it might help me plug it as well (laughs) so (laughs) all right i'm gonna read you a little thing this is about so this is about nico and about opening the restaurant and uh and yeah, what sort of what what his whole style is about. As a child in Italy, Nicola Coccia was surrounded by food. In a family of farmers, cheesemakers, fishermen and cooks, good food was not just nourishment, it was a structure by which to live and a way to understand and respect the cycles of nature and the importance of family. An affinity with food became a career, taking Nicola into the kitchens of some of Europe's top restaurants, where he spent 10 years sharpening his skills as a fine dining chef. In 2010, Nicola moved to Australia and spent five years cooking at Sydney institutions Otto, Ormeggio and Key. After his marriage to Alexandra, a weekend trip to Barrel in the Southern Highlands resulted in a move to the countryside and a reconnection with the natural environment he missed. In 2016, Nico and Alex opened Bistro Ficina, a warm casual restaurant on the bottom floor of an old ivy-covered Highlands hotel. It was an opportunity for Nico to reignite the love for food he learned as a child and break free from the rules which governed his 17 years in fine dining. With only fire as fuel, Bistro Officina's food takes memory and nature as its inspiration and leads diners on a journey through the streets of Naples to the coast of Puglia, across kitchens in Europe and Sydney and to the serene Southern Highlands environment. Take part in nature, eat what grows around you, share it with family and cook without rules. So that's like the little blurb about what this book's about. Yeah. So it's it's that's it's fun. sort of like incorporates a lot of the supplies and the chefs that Nico uses, um, and everything in the everything in the book is sort of cooked over flames, which 
is his whole kitchen doesn't have any gas or electricity in his kitchen and we also did a number of photo shoots on location like on the farms of his suppliers like uh, Moonacres and Redleaf and down on the beach in Kayama and stuff where we just like set up a fire and he just made some really simple dishes and stuff that we took photos of to put in a book mm. so yeah Hopefully it's a good one. We'll yeah. see how we go. It's coming in November. Look, looks good. Looks like it's quite actually more probably more accessible to home cooks than it might sound. Yes, you definitely. Know, there's, there's lots of recipes yeah, exactly. you can you could do at home, and you know, if you if you've got a little barbie or if you're out with your barbecue, I think it's a bit more interesting uh, things you could do than just the traditional snags and fucking chicken kebabs. Have yes. you got a, um, is there a date? Uh, the tentative launch date is the 25th of November, but it'll probably be like on the shelves a week before that. Yeah, which cool. is a Sunday. So everyone will be welcome to come. We're going to have a big event up there in Barrel on the Sunday afternoon as well. Cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on info on that. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, look, let's just get into what we were going to talk about today. We... I think a lot of the podcasts that we've done... Maybe not a lot of the podcasts that we've done, but when we talk about the industry and when you get into these issues sometimes it has the potential for it to slide into negative discussion about why it's challenging because it is a challenging industry I'm sure all you guys would agree yeah um and so some of the media you know like we hear about in the media like how it affects people's mental health we talk like we hear about drug use and people you know people being unfit and overweight and not exercising and and wage theft and pokies and all these sorts of things that we've talked about in the past but we haven't really talked too much about what everyone loves about hospitality and why everyone does it and everyone's so passionate about it Mm. so that's what we're here to talk about today now i guess like when I've, i've had a chat with a friend and colleague that i used to work with adam bantock and in the past when we've had a chat to people, maybe we just start off by listening to a chat with these guys and then um, that'll give us some sort of food for thought, as it were, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the positives in hospitality. But uh, Adam's the chef and owner with his wife, Brooke, of uh, Clementine Restaurant down in Yass. And he, he's been a chef for 26 years, worked all over the world, uh, ran some big kitchens, and sort of moved back into the countryside now. And after after this long of cooking in some really high-level venues, he won his first chef's hat doing sort of European provincial food um, in in a restaurant that's attached to his house in Yass. It's awesome. Um, yeah, which is really yeah, cool. Right. Uh, so anyway, we'll listen to what Adam has to say and then we'll come back and, and then get into it. I guess to start with, how, how long have you been a chef for now? first walked into a kitchen when I was in year 10, when I was 16. So technically 26 years I've been in the industry. Yep. I've been cook- I, I think I washed up for 18 months yep. uh, in a steakhouse in Sydney and then got it straight into the into the cooking line and I've been there ever since. So, yeah, 26 years. Yeah, wow. And do you, do you remember what initially drew you to stay in the industry and become a part of it? make it your life oh it was just a lot of fun the people there were fabulous and and you know i wrote a big list of hospitality positives i sat down with brooke this morning and we wrote a list about it and yep. it was actually very easy yes um, you can always bang on about the negatives but the negatives i find you know that everyone's banging on about to me they're they're not just hospitality you know what you're talking about is labor and power and things like that those negative things that people crap on about they're they're, they're australia-wide they're different industries every every they all struggle with it 
and hard work. You know, small business is hard work. So to me, I look at a lot of that just, you know, shut up and get over it. Yep. But writing a list of positives was easy. Mm. Let's get yep. into it. Let's get into some of them then. Tell us what you came up with. Um. Well, I've actually got about 15. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Let's just start and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose going back to the original conversation or the original question and what drew me into it and what I enjoyed about it was, you know, a number of things. And I think the social work environment, um, which I found fabulous, like I made some good friends even when I first started when I was 16 and I'm still friends with those people. Mm. You know, we got on, we worked in such close environments and had such a good time, which then spilled into our social time Mm. that um, you kind of forged some pretty good relationships. And the social scene, uh, I I really enjoy. And even now, even after 26 years, you know, I'm older, I've got kids, but I still, at the end of a shift, you know, you're tired, you've been on your feet um, all day, but they're sitting down and enjoying a bloody good glass of wine and and a good meal together. Mm. and having a laugh and debriefing and you know you go through a range of emotions you know exhaustion but you can still sit down and have a good time afterwards and that's that's important yep what else you got there well uh, i suppose a couple of short ones it's just the fact that it's it's an extremely dynamic and different um type of engagement as far as the industry goes like it's you're on your feet all the time you're working active like you're constantly using your brain you're constantly kind of problem solving mm. constantly thinking about systems about organization how how to and, and efficiencies and how to make make them better because the, it is a hard industry as far as costings go so working on your systems and your efficiencies and, and having a constant use of your brain and constant use of your body i mm. think I think it's important. I could never have a sit down. Best job that that would kill me. That's the thing so, that I miss most about hospitality is 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 actually that active, the active nature of it. Um, and yeah. and and I'm spending more time in front of a computer now than I ever have, and yeah. it, it does kill me. Like I'm I'm probably going to be, and I've been talking to some of the guys that I work with. I'm probably going to go back and just do a couple of nights a week at a restaurant because I'm, I yeah. miss it so much, and I need that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that brings me on to another point that was positive to come out of the industry is that once you've worked in it and enjoyed it and got proficient at it, it's an industry that regardless of, of your time of life, it will accept you back. Mm. You know, the skills last forever. Mm. You know, if you want to go and wait tables and then have a 10-year break because, you know, you're chasing up another a, a dream, a, a career, um, you can always just walk back in and do it. I think I think it's great. I, you know, I've got good friends that are lawyers, that are CFOs, and you know they've been. You know, I met them working in in kitchens and in restaurants, and you know they've been out of the game fifteen years, and they still talk about it. They still miss it. They talk about that more than they talk about their current jobs yeah. because of the the energy of it. Um, and I suppose touching a bit further afield than that, it's. The, those kind of skills allow you to travel. You know, I've traveled mm. extensively and worked overseas just with the skills in this one industry. So, you know, that I think that's that's important. You can't do that in every job. No, definitely. That's something that we would definitely talk about. Um, yeah. Is, is, is that ability to travel. You can basically do it anywhere in the world. 
and and I think that I think and and you you're probably better suited to comment on this, but um, it's it that that acceptance in the industry and that sort of like fellowship in a sense that sort of understanding okay well you've worked in hospitality doesn't matter what country it's in we understand you and yeah. and you're and you're welcome and you're welcome here it's not be, it's not like because you did hospitality in australia and now you're in shanghai or now you're in berlin yeah, or paris right. um it's a different thing it's like no it's the same thing everywhere it's hospitality hospitality it's, yeah it's how it's how you go about it and how you you make it great how you serve how, how touching you are with the people and yeah, exactly. Mm. And that that goes that, that's that goes through worldwide. It's just about being genuine about it. Yep. Um, yeah. What else you got? Um, well, just the little one. The fact that you come out of it if you work expensively in it with, with an excellent food and wine knowledge, which I I think is important. Mm. You know, I like it. There's something very social about it. Um, um, the fact that once once if you're doing it and doing it full time, just the level of organisation and the routine of the systems, um, I think, are important, and I think they're good skills which are transferable to, to other areas. Yeah. Um, so just you know, boxing things away, understanding that if if one system breaks down, halting breaks down, and keeping that in mind, I think, um, kind of the robotic nature of it, I think, is important. Mm, I think that's a really interesting point. How much it transfers? It's um, it's yeah, funny because yeah. if you see like you, you you might see a chef do anything like load a car or unpack a car or or you know organize to do some maintenance work to a house, and because the necessity of efficiency has been drilled into them since they started from day one that's working, right. it's yeah. it, that same approach to everything, and you yeah, can really I tell do it efficiently and quickly and. And, and perfectly yeah that's right yeah that's really cool that's yeah. a really interesting point yeah yeah I guess uh, it's some of these things that there's probably like you know if, if you sat down for a really long time to think about it there's there's a lot of these underlying things that we don't think about too much like I like obviously saying the social the social aspects and stuff are like the larger yeah. ones but these little things that you learn these little skills that yeah. that creep into your everyday life are, are such benefits that you, you you probably take for granted being a part of the hospitality industry or being a chef but um you know if, if you look at it, people in other occupations they don't have those things that's right yeah, yeah. um i suppose one of the other ones um, that I had was this for me uh, probably a bit different than hospitality in general but for me out here in a small town it's been a, a very positive community engagement because mm-hmm. you know I'm dealing with people at the farmers markets dealing with small businesses farmers egg growers um, whatnot you know dealing with catering dealing with people in the community um, and that's been that's been good it's been fabulous so that, that was that was great for us I suppose another few little things we, we spoke about was the fact that um, that it's never boring. Yeah. You know, every day in this industry is different. Yeah. You know, you've got different seasons, you've got different projects coming in the door, you've got different customers every day. We we've got different sets of staff on every day, so the dynamic changes every day. Mm. Um, even though I've got lots of staff, they might only do one or two shifts a week, and it's rarely the same few people on every shift so um and that that's important because mm. variety you know it's a spice of life apparently 100 so, yeah so and- the fact that it's never boring and 
and everything's different. Like rather than going to the same job, parking in the same space and sitting at the same desk every day, um, it just doesn't exist. And the last um, few things I had written down was more from a service point of view. Um, and the, and uh, I suppose one of them was, um, and Brooke touched on it, was you know being able to have customers come in and you know and you've pleased them they've been incredibly grateful you've, you've created this fabulous experience for them is it is such a positive feeling mm. and you know it's good from that service point of view it's not so much the you know the food or, or what's going on in the kitchen but creating that that experience um and having that interaction with customers and, and getting that grateful response is, is it's you know it's overwhelming it's a good feeling mm. and uh, also mentioned you, you do get a very uh, back to the service target you, you create a bit of a basic um psychology profile you know it's it's up to the, the service staff you know they've got two minutes from when a customer comes in to work out to assess them what's their mood what's their style you know are they are they upbeat are they grumpy um, so you kind of profile the customer straight away and you, you're kind of working on that all the time. You know, that's something you, you don't get in every other industry, mm. you know. Um, and even this being the service industry, it's, it's important because the style of what you do is based around that customer and every customer is different. So that's, that's extremely dynamic. It's probably a... It's probably a- Another going back to sort of one of those things that we might not see, but it, it, it's probably a good thing for, you know, just as a person developing empathy and being able to, you know, yeah, yeah. being able to, yeah, being able to empathize with people and and see where they're at and know how to respond to that to make them yeah. feel positive. That's right, and to tailor the service based on on their emotions. Yeah, which is which is which is good. I mean, having the ability to do that to adapt is. Right, that's a skill there for sure. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Uh, so the only other thing I was, was going to say that it was just being, you know, servicing people all the time. It, it makes you outgoing. It makes you interactive. And mm. for me, that's um, for me that's important. Just from a personal note, yeah, for gives sure, you, gives you skills that you know you're not going to be shy. You're not going to you're gonna get stuck into whatever life throws at you. Yeah, and I suppose that's like another one. Like I, I, I guess myself and probably you, uh, just naturally outgoing people. But there are there might there might be people who are quite introverted and not very social who find themselves yeah. in hospitality, and that's a real positive thing for their personal development, where they yeah. might have gone down a different path in another industry. Yeah, I think if I didn't walk into that kitchen when I was sixteen and start washing up, it's such a great um, kind of active place. Extremely different person, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful. Yeah, some cool insights there from Adam, who's obviously been in the game for a long time. I guess to kick off, like the 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 one thing that comes to mind for most people, and when I talk to people about it, is this social environment um, and sort of the the sort of colleague relationships that you develop and stuff as as a part of the hospitality industry. Um, yeah, Andy. The debaucherous nature of it is well. I think that's from the outside <laughs> perspective, but like I've, it's funny. I have had a very similar, um, I guess not a place I've worked or whatever, but career. Like I started it when I was seventeen, um, washing dishes. You know, and I haven't. That's the only job I've had since, is cooking, mm-hmm. um, or being in a kitchen and. 
I think the the one thing that sort of resonates like the camaraderie, you know, and the relationships you develop with people. Um, I think through just like just being in the shit, you know. And, and we talk, we do talk about the negative stuff a lot, but the negative stuff, you know, the fact that you come together to overcome that negative stuff is is what what turns into a positive thing in your relationships with with like your colleagues. For me, it's like you know, employees, whatever. I'm like, like I work, you know, in the kitchen like every day. Like I'm not just sort of popping into the restaurant. Like it's not that kind of restaurant or job for me. It's like, like my life. So these are my colleagues, and yeah, being in the shit with people. Like you see what people are all about, you know, and, and you do form some really strong relationships with people and developing the the systems like you know, um, that we just sort of listen to like the systems and, and all that like that goes in <clears throat> into a service um, with your colleagues, like the sense of achievement at the end of it, like I just don't know, I mean, as I said, I've only ever really had the one sort of job, but like I just don't know how many jobs you, you find that in. No. Mm. And you do that every fucking night, yeah. like when you're busy, like it's, uh, yeah, and it's like... Nowhere else I've worked, it's been like that. Like I, at the end of a service, like you, you, you feel so, like you've just done long hours, but you feel so awake. Yeah, and you feel so pumped. It's just and adrenaline, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you're just literally like bouncing. Like yeah. I used to be like so annoying after service, like here, because we'd like everyone else would be a bit, bit down, and I'd be like, "Fucking, let's go, clean down, let's yeah. go to the pub, mm. let's go see the boys, or whatever it's it was." Awesome. Like I'd be, yeah. I'd be like, I'd just, like just, just fucking running around. You yeah. find the same thing, Jesse? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't sleep much at all, really. Really. <laughs> like by the time we finish, I get home, have a shower, have some food, I'm still wide awake, and then get to bed about four o'clock most mornings and then wake up and do it again like you get so wired yeah pumped after the service which is surprising because like 90 percent of the day you generally like toward the end of the week anyway pretty stuffed yeah but that doesn't matter like, once the service hits it's always game on so yeah, i guess uh, like day, yeah. Yeah. i guess what we're talking about now like i think that there's two separate little like conversations because you can talk about the social side of it which we, we, we actually now are more talking about another note that i had which is um, camaraderie and achievement and 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 that's kind of what we're talking about a little bit more so than the actual social like aspect of it um, let me ask you a question do you f- what's the feeling like Jesse I'll ask you what's what's the feeling like when you go from being a part of a kitchen team that's under the management of a head chef or a or, or, or whatever it might might be and you've contributed to the achievement of that night's service and you've got that good feeling as compared to being in charge and running the team and being the person that sort of laid the foundations for that to be a successful service is there is there a different sort of feeling like when you get to that higher level of responsibility and it's kind of like on your shoulders to make it make it work yeah it kind of stops with us though like very rarely in the years I've been doing it you get that praise from a boss that you would then get from a head chef. Mm-hmm. Like I always tell the boys under me, they've done a really good job, but it kind of stops there. You very rarely get someone telling you that you're doing a good job. Yeah, right. Um, but knowing like all the guys at His Boy now with me have all pretty much started underneath me or very new when they started with me and they're all part of a well-functioning machine now. So it's a lot better in that sense because you are control of the team rather than the buck kind of stopping with you I think it's a lot 
I get the prouder kind of better accomplishment rather than just going like yeah I did my job I can go home now it's kind of like yeah you yeah. control everyone and you and you you're completely invested in it as well which means that and and I guess yeah it, may, it means you hold yourself accountable to like it, it's something that's you know it becomes a bit more serious at that point I guess yeah it's a different different bit of a feel I think like when you're working under someone you're you're working for their praise in a sense so when that does come and you do a good service and you get that praise you're related because of that um when you're sort of more in charge, you're, you're, the praise comes from the customers then and you, and you do get a more direct link that way. So, you know, like people don't put the dishes name down when they write a review that's praising your restaurant. Mm. So, like, the, their praise has to come from, you know, the person in charge of them and the, and the, the head chef and the owners. Um, but, you know, when you're a head chef, you, you, you know, you might get that direct praise from the customer. So you're kind of just getting your, getting your kicks from a different space, really. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still, still the same feeling. Uh, overall it, it is one way or another yeah. like like when I, I remember back to being an apprentice and like being the shit with the other few apprentices and mm. like we get through a night a busy night or whatever and like you know you make sure you're fucking ready you're like what your responsibility is for that day like you need to be ready for service so you're in the shit and you will get in trouble like and when you get through that whole day and you're busy and like and you do it together and you help your mate get out of the shit and he helps you get out. There is a massive sense of camaraderie yeah, and yeah. achievement regardless of whether you're the boss or... Like, it is very different, yeah, yeah. but there's still that same, I think, sense of achievement, yeah. like, I, at the end of it. I think going back to sort of link the two threads that we started off with is when you have that great service and you're all feeling up and elated and you're all bouncing around there's not many other people you can go and socialise with afterwards. Yeah. You, no, you can't bring right. up your mate no. who's got a desk job and be like, you want to go for a beer? What is this fucking I'm weirdo want at 11pm? Yeah. So, so <laughs> automatically you have to go out with these people you work with. Yeah. So you kind of, you almost like have to get on a little bit. Because like, there's some people you make friends with in the kitchen that you wouldn't be friends with in any other situation. You wouldn't yeah. meet them somewhere else and be like, we're going sure. to spend 50 hours a week together. Yeah. So, like, you kind of have to get on and you have to go out and you have to sort of see the, the best in people and, and see the benefit of them. And, and you, if you want to go and, you know, crack on after work because you feel so pumped, you're going to do it with your, with your, your co-workers or with other hospital people. Mm. But that's and how that it kind of follows on, doesn't it? Like, the two intertwine, the sense of achievement and the camaraderie at work become mm. the social yeah, exactly, aspect yeah. because you're all elated, happy that you've, you know, had a good week. Yeah, yeah. You might have had a shit week, whatever. Either way, you probably want to go and have a beer. Yeah, and you do and it with those people that you hang exactly, way, that you're win or lose. Like it's, yeah, and it's it becomes it just becomes life. It's when, real. When you that it's deep, real te- in it's real teamwork as mm. well. Like, I don't know. There's something. It's hard to put your finger on it. I, I was trying to think about this, and I'll just sort of like speak my thoughts and try to think it through out loud. But like, you imagine a job like a maybe like a say a carpenter or something like that who goes and works on a house, and that's a project. And they frame the house and do what they need to do, and then they get out of there because the house needs to be finished by the plumbers and the painters and the whoever. The, I don't know what the feeling of accomplishing that job is like for that person because it's it's not as high pressure, and because it's not like there's people sitting there waiting for this yeah. thing to be yeah. finished. You're going to build the house around them. Exactly. Yeah, and it's also it's also like you don't really get to see the finished product and 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 sit back and go, "Okay, cool, we've accomplished that." What I sort of have compared it to in my mind in the past is something like a theater performance where 
the actors are all getting ready for this performance and they're well drilled and they're well trained and pre-service like a pre-Saturday night or whatever it is they've it's like it's it's sort of excitement mixed with focus and it's like we're ready to fucking go we've done all the work we've done all the hard work now and now it's just time execute. to execute this yeah. over yeah. the course of a few hours and let's do this and then you just pull together as a team smash it and then when it's successful and after you've done a good job the feeling is awesome because it's finished everyone's gone everyone's left the restaurant and they've had that experience and you've done your job for that night and you get that rush of positivity because it's happened but you get to do that again yeah. the next day and the next yeah. week and the fucking next it's like fucking addictive exactly yeah. Yeah. you get to it every night that's like you literally you you, you build a house every night it is to keep the comparison and going that's how and you, and you, put, you put on a performance every night and it is, is kind of quite like that I think that, that's quite a good comparison mm. is that you come together you, you all know what you're doing hopefully you all that's know all, you all, yeah, yeah <laughs> most of the time you all know your roles you go in you do your performance and then you, you know, you're, you're pretty happy afterwards mm. and you get that every day mm. and that, that, that's one I think that was, that was one of the things that's um, pretty amazing about it. there's not many too many jobs where you do that and there's also not like that's why people say you know chefs are sickos and whatnot because it is addictive and mm. but it also is really hard mm. and there's long hours and stuff in it and that's what people say you got to be a certain type of individual yeah to be able to do it like I remember when we opened the restaurant we were pretty in the shit all the time because we were so busy and Bredo and myself and like you know the other, those four of us in the kitchen and Joel Mucci who works at a couple of like places hospitality places in Wollongong now came he was just making coffee at um, Sifters at the time he came to help out on dish and he got there at, like 5.30 and we were getting ready and like everyone's so he didn't really know that side of me either like and <laughs> like he just knew me from getting coffee and whatever and and he watched us like get ready for so he came in trying to make jokes and stuff and quickly realised like he just needed to wash the fucking dishes <laughs> and shut up and, and do it as quickly and efficiently as he possibly could and at the end of service, he was like, I've just never seen anything like that. Like, I don't think he'd seen the kitchen, the nighttime yeah, kitchen yeah. service. And he's like, he's like, it was like you guys were getting ready to go to fucking war. <laughs> That's, and it's like, I've never forgotten the comment he made. And I'm like, well, yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> when, it, when it comes together, like the poetry in motion, like a double plane baseball or something, like when everyone's working together doing separate parts but it all comes together perfectly it's like yeah. up there with some of the best feelings you get yeah. but it's like the, compar- yeah, the comparison Steph just made it's, it's the same thing it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, pretty, it's pretty cool yeah and as you said Simon like that sort of links you together because yeah then you then you go out and have have beers with the yeah. people that you're just working with because yeah. that's what you that's you, like you, it's you, such a natural like god you just oh, fuck it's that first sip of beer after a <laughs> Saturday night yeah. service or whatever it's just, especially if it's yeah. been a hard one yeah, yeah exactly or a big week or something yeah. Um, you've kind of got no choice who you do hang out with and I think that that makes in other situations you can sort of be like oh that joke that guy made I didn't really like or like he rubs it the wrong way a bit I'm, I'm not really going to hang out with him but you've got kind of no choice so it just kind of I think it kind of brings out the best in people to yeah. to have to get along yeah and to um, relate to people they might not yeah, not yeah. usually and not be a fucking jerk yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so it's everyone, everyone's kind of everyone's in this on the same wavelength at the time and everyone's kind of experienced the same, the same ups the same downs so it does really kind of bring people together from all sorts of walks of life. Mm. Jesse, does be like working across two venues? Does does that sort of like change the dynamic of the the sort of social aspect? Do you guys is is like the his boy and the Liam me team 
like one sort of unit when it comes to like socializing and all that sort of thing or yeah like what's that sort of dynamic like when the social aspect nah not like it's it's pretty separate like they they finish at three o'clock yeah we go to 11 so it's like they're usually in bed by the time we're <laughs> okay but i mean credit to True. them they start at five in the morning yeah. or something um i mean i haven't had that much to do with lean me i let craig take the reins a lot of it mm-hmm. and once Halise left I kind of took on full time operations yeah. at his boy so Craig runs it pretty much full time not, not pretty yeah. much he runs it full time down there um, but it's like, it's like Andy said it's a ter- certain type of person so it really doesn't matter generally where you work or whatever as long as it's hospitality everyone's kind of got that same thing in common and they can generally get together and be like I'd get together with them regardless of when it is and it's always mm. fun and good Got the same shit to bitch about. And, yeah, and I think that's like I mean one of the cool examples of it is, and and this is and now we're talking about sort of like within the industry, not just in the people that you work with. But before we started talking about this, we were talking about what you guys have been up to. And Jesse, you just said that you were hanging out with Luke and Benny in in <laughs> fucking America drinking bourbon. Like that's, that's how hilarious. awesome is that? Like yeah. and and that's it. Like you know each other through the industry, don't you? Like yeah, yeah. that's I met Ben. Uh, when he used to work for celebrations, he was trying to sell me some grog, and I met <laughs> just, Luke purely just, just drinking at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you know him yeah. from drinking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you guys were talking about how, you know, like this awesome sort of understanding and 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 welcoming thing, like after your event with Maddie and Eric down at Black Cockatoo. Um, and then you know you guys coming back here and having a few glasses of wine yeah. at Cav and and, yeah. and everyone sort of understanding each other like opening mm. their doors to people yeah. in the industry like yeah that, that's kind of one of the advantages of, of being industry there, there is some perks that like other people yeah well let's get. move on oh, like, I mean, let's, talk about, like, let's talk about the industry yeah, perks when, when, when you own a venue and you know other people are in a venue even like if you know your, your, your local coffee shop you know the baristas there like yeah, I think that's probably where the, the best link with chefs and, and baristas comes in is when, when you sort of rock up in the morning or on your way to, way to oh. work needing your, your caffeine fix yeah. and, you know, and you just get that little bit better service there or you get you know you get your coffee first or they, they know what you want yeah. or whatever and like little things like that because you're, you're very very different industries like they've been up since five you, you probably just got up but they know that you're coming in to get you stuff yeah 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 yeah. because yeah, like they, they do kind of yeah. understand the same thing yeah. it's, it's separate kind of time frames they just do it earlier yeah and they know you've got to deal with customers and all these things so, yeah. so even though they, they're quite different there's still a, a unifying um, acceptance of, of, of your hospo mm. which is cool um, and they know like if you drink black coffee like I do like there'll be like a set someone will order a short black so there'll be a spare short black it just gets put in front of you yeah, because yeah, yeah. they know that you're going to have fucking five anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice perks mm. but there, oh, there's, there's, there's so many perks like you know Simon comes through Simon comes through after work wants a glass of wine or whatever I'm like how many did you have he's like three I'm like hey, what don't worry about yeah, it yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, whatever three like, random glasses yeah getting like the little special like if you go to a nice dinner as well you get like little special snacks or you might get an extra desserts and yeah. get sent out bits and pieces yeah. as well, well we, yeah. like if, if, if someone we know in the industry comes here um, or if we sort of know, know who they are we'll, we'll always try and send them out something and, and whether it's cheese or oysters or something we've got hanging around or extra glass of wine or whatever it is because I think like it all comes back around to you like that for sure I think it's something we were talking about the other day actually with one of you um, it kind of you should do that to everyone even if they're an apprentice or a chef because 
they might not be in a position to reciprocate but then it, you know as they come to the ranks they may be in a position where they own a restaurant or whatever it is and it all kind of comes back around um so i think that's why we you know if you, whether you're a chef or you're, you're front of house or whatever like if we know your industry we'll you know, take extra good oh, care, if care know, for you if your industry yeah. at babyface your name will be on the ticket yeah like when it comes into the kitchen like your table even if the restaurant's full like your name will be on there and you'll get sent something out yeah like yeah, I think it's important for people to sort of do that to keep to keep that camaraderie and keep that kind of inclusiveness. Oh, and, and, and that, be, that, is, that is one of the perks of it perks. as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be perks. And so, don't get paid a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think I think that's something that's important for for business owners to to do is to really kind of look after hospital people because it all kind of comes back around eventually. And it's getting Agreed. a lot better with you guys now. Like ten years ago, every owner was a an accountant that had bought a restaurant. It's only yeah. now starting to come through that you guys have been chefs mm. and Luke and that have been working in bars and they're starting to own places and they understand that. Yeah. Like uh, 10 years ago, it was purely about money and it was so competitive and so cutthroat back then between businesses and stuff. Mm. Right. It's getting a lot better now. That's interesting. Guys. Well, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of why there is a good vibe in Wollongong at the moment is because yeah, myself and Andy and you, Jesse, and a lot of other people have all kind of come from similar levels and similar ranks. We've all sort of grown up and come up through yeah. the industry. Like I remember, you know, five six years ago, most of my friends were just chefs or, or apprentices everywhere, and then now everyone's in more senior roles. And mm. so your kind of dynamic and your, your conversations change a bit. But it's the same thing. Like you've all come up through it together. You all understand the industry. You all understand the shit parts of it. You remember what it is like being just an apprentice or being a chef. So you kind of want to want to have a bit more of an inclusive atmosphere. And, mm. Yeah, make it the place you wanted to be when you when you were a bit younger. Ideally, yeah. Like I mean, we weren't like you know. I met you because we did a like the, the book and then the podcast mm. together. Um, what was that? A bit over a year ago or something. Mm. Like we didn't even know one another before that. Mm. You know? yeah. Simon, Simon and I knew of one another. Didn't get a chance to hang out. We both mm. own restaurants now. We hang out a bit and we share. Like we go through the same problems and stuff. Mm. And it's like good to have people like that. You know. If I have a shit week, I like might message someone saying, yeah, "How was yeah. your week?" Whatever, let's go. Yeah. Like you know, like it's good to have people like that. Like, yeah, and to not and to not 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 have the bullshit as well. I think there was yeah. there was and it's starting to change. There's a little bit of bullshit, but like being honest with with I each other. Completely which, agree. Um, yeah. You know, not not being like, "How was your week?" Oh, full every oh, service. Oh, yeah, I killed it. <laughs> yeah. Lunch and bloody dinner as well. Quiet as fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 Depressing. Yeah, yeah, let's exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think having that bit of that, that honesty. <laughs> I think it's, it's cool. What, yeah, some of what you were talking about um, is that sort of is something that Adam touched on a little bit. Is 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 that it's it's a very accepting industry, and whether or not uh, you know he Adam mentioned the point that if you if you've cha- chosen to take ten years off out of hospitality to go chase something else for a while. You can walk back into the industry and it will welcome you back and, and you'll feel at home again. Especially if you're competent. If come, exactly. come on back. Yeah. We need if competent people in our yeah. lives. If you, or front of house. Yeah, like. if you can do your job, but anything else, you can be the weirdest dude outside of work. <laughs> if you can sling food. You can go, home, you. go home and do whatever the fuck yeah. you want. Hey? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Get in the kitchen. It's so, and, it's so accurate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's, no kind of, there's no stigma attached because it is a bit of an issue where where people go in and come, go in and go out of it and do something else and maybe they they don't achieve what they want to do and they have to come back or they just miss it and they want to come back so it, it's that kind of industry where you can you can just do it sporadically mm. and as long as you yeah as long as you're, you're good but, at it. yeah it's just kind of this sort of there just seems to be that sort of like that that little 
understanding that that you've worked in hospitality and you know what it's like. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the little tip of the cap. It's just like, cap, wing you're one of us. Yeah. Like, you've been, you've been us. I see, the, I see you, they say this suit and tie. Like, <laughs> you, you can see straight through it if, you know, if you know that it was like, yeah. It's so true, but you get so much of that in Wollongong because, like, my, my dishy, just finished his masters in engineering like you know like he's just moved to canberra to get yeah. to take a job down there you can like, stack dishes so, well. so but it's so crazy like to, the, the mix like because we have a uni here i think mm, yeah. but like to see some of the guys that i've cooked with i think al burnett um is a perfect example he's got a like in inverted commas like real job now he's <laughs> followed his degree um in public health but he started cooking he came to me at Lee and Me in like 2008, I think, fresh back from like fucking, I've been living overseas, mm. fucking crazy looking dreadlocked kid, like to what he is now. But like he got in the kitchen, ended up like from dish to started cooking with me at Lee and Me. I moved to Diggies, he start, came to Diggies and cooked on the line and became really competent and organized became a cook like yeah you know and was basically by the time we got to he came to dagwood with me then when dagwood opened and he was as competent as any five-year experienced chef that i'd worked with and creative yeah. and he was putting dishes on like and just to see like and he just he kept was, dragging out his fucking uni yeah. degree as so many people do but <laughs> we've never, never shot a job I mean, the point, the point yeah exactly and but the point i'm trying to make it is it's it's fucking addictive and you see yeah. these guys and watch them and they just get addicted to the cooking and being in the shit and getting out of it and the camaraderie that yeah that is with it and yeah. i think and creating food that that people like yeah is well, I mean, so like it's that's such a yeah, rewarding the, I thing think the amount like, of people who do start uni get a job in hospital just as in the front or on the as a, as a kitchen hand and then end up leaving their degree is, to do yeah. i mean yeah i mean my Tom. It's Tom, yeah, yeah. for example. Yeah. Tom start, start was on the dish. dishy at yeah. Diggies. Started as a dishy, yeah. was doing maths and something else. Just hated it. And yeah, then just decided to drop out and become a chef. But that's when, yeah. it, that's when it gets you, like when you're young. Like, first time I met Andy, I was at a TAFE with one of his best friends. And Rob took me up to lean me where he was oh, the head chef. This was in 2007. And next time I seen Andy was when he opened Bulleye. And I took my whole kitchen up there as like an excursion and Andy said hello to me and I remember like I wasn't even in charge and I was just a just qualified and there was a couple of people above me and then just getting that recognition from Andy because he knew me I was the coolest dude at work for like three weeks yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being that good I was like yeah oh, <laughs> but yeah there is that kind of it is its own little little universe own little world with, with sort of hierarchies it, and, is. And, it is and sort of and you, you know who you know who's who and who's working where and, and who's good who's gun who can do this you can you know you can fucking work on a line like who's the drunkest yeah yeah exactly <laughs> who not the drunkest yeah, I thought we were all going to say who gets too loose <laughs> yeah but that, that whole community is, is one that is one of the best things about it um, and like you can easily have a conversation with someone who's in hospital at a bar never have met him before and you can end up having like just a ridiculously long exactly. conversation about stuff and you, yeah like then then i think there needs to be that for us to like survive the negative stuff that we do yeah we do exactly. talk about it yeah. the negative stuff brings you together as yeah. well which is i think something this happened more over the last couple of years is, is more it's becoming more of a support network as well with, with the are you okay things and 
there's some guys here who've been trying to trying to get hospital people to do stuff that's not in a pub, which has been cool. A little Monday activities done stuff like we're all down the, mm. down the park of the day, just just throwing some balls around and stuff like that and hanging out. Um, so it's a bit more. It's becoming more of a support network where everyone's kind of looking out for each other a bit more, yeah. Rather than just being a, a f- sort of friends drinking club, Dr- drinking, yeah. So, so that, that's a really cool. That's really as well. cool. I think that that's that's actually that's a really really positive point that you bring up, Simon, and something that I haven't really put that much thought into. But I guess um, yeah, like uh, maybe it doesn't happen so much in other industries, you know, where well, people are conscious of because because it is a stressful occupation ooh. and because. You do work late nights and you work every weekend and all that sort of shit. Like you need to support each other. It's not like you just go to work at nine o'clock and you come home at five o'clock and you can structure your life well. Yeah. Like yeah. as a as a person that works fucking 50, 60, whatever hours a week in hospitality, not only is your job stressful, but it just means that you're kind of you can be behind in general oh, life yeah, yeah, shit yeah. as yeah. well. And it's really easy to lose because your, your normal friends in, in, in things like that as well, because they are doing other stuff. And that's yeah. why it's, it is really important this support network thing. I don't, I don't think there's many other industries where there is that level of support from your from your co-workers from, from your peers but also from your like competitors in well, inverted well, comment yeah, well, exactly, yeah you know what I mean yeah. like yeah, yeah. People, people who'd like want to look after you and yeah, say like that was awesome like when you know Kayla and those guys anyone in the whole Wollongong hospitality yeah. community come down to North Beach where you know kick the footy and chuck a frisbee around on a Monday afternoon yeah. with a yeah. couple of beers like yeah. that's anyone in this whole industry like I don't know it's like yeah. if there's anyone in the whole construction industry who wants to come down yeah. to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, park yeah. to like yeah. no like, it like, just yeah. doesn't happen you don't think you have, you have inter-solicitor companies all going down the park and throwing a footy around yeah. like, like, <laughs> and supporting stuff like that so, so that, I think that's something that's, that's very unique about the industry yeah that's really cool um, one thing that I miss about hospitality that Adam brought up as well is that it's never boring and it's always changing and there's always something to do. And like what I do with what I do now, it's kind of like it's yeah, it's just not as fast paced. I miss the pace. Yeah. Like for me, it's like I've got to sit down in front of my computer and and and, and tick something off the list and then tick the next thing off the list. But in hospitality, it's like there's, it's so immediate. It's like if you don't get your station ready before six o'clock, you're fucked. So you better, you better get it ready. And fucking leave now. And it's never like, and it's never boring. And some of the other things that Adam said were like, you know, the seasons change, and the produce changes, and the staff changes, and the drinks change, and the trends change, and all this sort of stuff changes. So it's, you know, so, so, so dynamic. Like. You, uh, Jesse, do you see that like as one of the positives? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think being able to see all of that stuff too, like being able to set up and see the prep you've done and have it all ready to go, it's like a real good feeling about it. Like if you were to write something on a computer and then pretty much close the computer, it's done. There's nothing there. Mm. As when you're setting up or getting ready or prepping new produce or what, and you got it all like laid out neatly, stacked up. You can see what you've done. It's there. It looks good. It's like these sort of like all these sort of mini accomplishments on the way to a big accomplishment, which is like the end of service that night. Mm. But like, it, you know, it's like, here's all the onions in it you need to prep or here's all this that you need to to prep. And each one of them is just like this little achievement, done little now, achievement, little now, achievement. And then you get to six o'clock and when your station's clean as fuck and, you, and you, you know you're ready to go and you see the first people start sitting down, then you're like, fuck yes. Yeah. Okay, we're on. I'm and, yeah. so ready right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like without you, it, it's going to be. It's not going to be lot, anywhere yeah, near as efficient. Could grind to a halt, yeah. and that, that that's a nice feeling. And and you know, it's 
there's no procrastinating. Okay. You have to get these jobs done by this time. Go. I think that's something separate to just the hospitality is the amount of small business owners there are. Like everyone's mm. calling in sick from their job because their job's a massive corporation that they can just get covered with where, you know, in my kitchen there's two of us there and like if one of us calls in sick, we're screwed. Same with you guys. So it's mm. like small businesses and, and like you can put a face to the owner, which is really cool. Mm. Like, I think another... Just to move the move it on a bit, yeah. like another really rewarding thing that I find like and is a massive positive part of my life is the interactions and the friendships I've developed with our producers and suppliers. Yep. Um, and like they have different, you know, they, they're like they're farmers or wine producers or whatever. Like even the guy, my guy at Vix Meats, like him and I have like I've never met him, but on the phone to each yeah. other. <laughs> once Great a banter. week you know like oh we talk shit yeah. like to each other all the time email phone message whatever like but you develop relationships with these people over you know common might be a common goal you share like as far as like they they want to grow or stock this amazing produce and then I want to cook with it like the goal is to get the best and that's, mm. that's my goal as well but like you just when you've got a restaurant like ours like you really get to know these people and like that you know like you say they can't end up coming to the restaurant or whatever and you mm. get to feed them or and that's like it's just so positive and you get yeah. i get my box of stuff off erica and hayden every week and i'm into it like loving you know like it might be something new fucking check this out guys yeah. and the guys love it as well it's, it's so rewarding for it's the respect it's the respect like, you get cause, massive cause respect when you equip like, the producers they, they want to see their product be cooked you know, in a in a good way or yeah. create something tasty so like that's when we've had like producers coming down for dinners they're just like oh what are you doing with it what are you doing with yeah. it they just love to know like, love it. techniques you've done or little things little chef things like oh I never thought of that oh my god like, and that little interrespect to it yeah that, it's, it's, fuck, it's yeah. amazing like, you, develop, like, you develop friendships with yeah, these people you know, like, other industries wouldn't do it you wouldn't be friends with your local paper merchant no it's oh, crazy hey. that, like, even if I, they were just a chill out entertainer like, like, do they yeah. like I get super excited when I see new produce don't they went to the farm with you yeah it was yeah. amazing we've seen tool stuff one of the things that probably connects connects you is that for a lot of farmers they're not in it they're not in it for the money and they work fucking hard and they do it because they're passionate about their products and 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 the same goes for chefs chefs like a lot of chefs don't do it for the money they work fucking hard and they're passionate about what they do so when you've got someone on one end producing something that they're really fucking passionate about and the chefs that appreciate all that hard work that's gone into it and they can kind of empathize with them and be like I know what it's like to fucking work really hard and just do it because you're passionate that that sort of develops a, a connection that isn't the same as you know those sorts of relationships in other industries it's like you know if you're a representative for a company that sells roof trusses i don't know how passionate that 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 person is Probably about the roof trusses you know and then i'm not too sure how like necessarily how passionate the roofer is about erecting those trusses yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. in maybe they are maybe i'm wrong maybe, maybe. there are some no. but but pretty when it comes to this industry yeah. it's <laughs> It's 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 a real passion for, for for the product and 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 yeah, getting a hold of that produce and going out to farms like you say, Jesse, and developing relationships with these people. Mm. That it's just it's just rad. Like you get to look at this produce and yeah. see what you can do with it and be it creative. It's personal with it. too. Like Erica will message me and like she's like, we're going through a really hard time. Like we've had no rain. You know, like that's why we don't have much produce. And you just get to know them on a personal level. Mm. Same with the wine producers. Like we've become friends with 
like a lot of them like Birch Birch is a fucking legend Andrew Birch from Good Intentions like there's heaps of them you know like you, yeah. you get to know them and yeah. it's, it's, that's well, a really rewarding thing to cut the, meeting other people who are passionate like does kind of rub off you and, it, and it, that's kind of a positive building thing in itself so even, even like when you meet someone who is as passionate as you about their field whether it's the wine or the produce that kind of gives you a little bit of inspiration a little bit of kick as well and that oh, sends hugely, you back to the kitchen yeah. even like, like when we've sort of had even when I've done it I've done like stages in other people's kitchens and you go there for a week or a couple of days and you, you, can, you can get bogged down in your own place a little bit and you go somewhere else and you see someone who's as passionate as you doing something slightly different and that gives you a list, lift as well and that, that, kind of, that kind of positive vibe energy does kind of um, make, make its way around yeah and, and that's, that's one thing that really kind of keeps you going mm. when it comes to that um, farmer chef connection as well and that's something that Adam mentioned too and that's something I think we might have talked about in the past but it's, it's quite an odd you know, you can look at a chef, it might be the youngest, trendiest chef covered in tats and piercings that lives in the inner city in Sydney. But then they might go to a farm in fucking Crookwell and, and, and be talking to someone who raises sheep, who's a fifth generation, you know, 65 year old, that the street's got the same as their last name because their family's been there for that many generations. And you could think that these people could be they're so different you know yeah, what I mean one's yeah. fucking wearing the newest Jordans and the other one's wearing the same old fucking Redbacks or whatever work boots they've got but there's it just brings them together yeah. brings people together from all walks of life and there's an understanding between them that they're both sort of you know existentially a little bit but working towards this common goal of like pushing good food onto and people like and said, making good food in the being world passionate like, about and, it. and being passionate it's about it the passion. like realistically Hospitality, shit hours, shit pay, shit conditions. <laughs> All right, don't go on about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, passion, like the passion's really what, what drives, or what should be driving everyone because there's not that many other good conditions that yeah. you're really doing it before. Yeah, ex- like if you, if you were to write it up on paper, like it's like you've got this, this big tally of like little things which yeah, yeah. people would, you know, from an outsider's perspective see as... as why the fuck would I do that after mm. looking at all that stuff? But then you've got this big column on the right, which is like love, passion, friendship. <laughs> yeah. And funny, that's what it? makes it all like yeah. fucking worth it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's definitely the, the small kind of idiosyncratic things that make up. Because like I said, if you, if you just went like straight positives, negatives of becoming a chef might be outweighed um, to one way. But then if you, the little, once you get into it and you realise what it's about, it starts to kind of uh, the positives that way the, the negatives pros, the pros get the list gets a lot longer yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah I mean like like got me into cooking was probably I really had no idea about it. the rest of it I just quite liked cooking and it was the like the thirst for knowledge like always very curious always love learning and it's such a massive topic mm. where you can ne- you, yeah you can never stop learning yeah. and for me that was one thing that drew me to it um, probably quite naive about the rest of it the rest of it came along and I think without the rest of it 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 wouldn't have been you know the negative parts wouldn't have been enough just to keep me wanting to learn about stuff but everything as a whole and with having just endless amounts to read about and to learn about and to put into practice that that just really made it like something I obviously still do now what yeah is that the same is that the same sort of for you Jesse like do you do you remember when you first started working in kitchens and and thought you know this is where I want to be and like this is you know you you sort of you know 
conceived of the reasons why you loved it so much and wanted to be a part of that industry? 100%. I purely started cooking by accident. How old were you? 18. I, went, I did my HSC. Yeah. I, 18 was my first kitchen. I'd worked during oh, so school. That was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100% it was. I remember my boss, after two years working there, he was like, do you have an HSC? I was like, yeah, so it was on my resume. He's like, I didn't read that. Resume? No, I... I needed a job after school and I had no idea what I wanted to do and because of cigarettes and being lazy, basketball wasn't an option, so <laughs> I, um, I had a friend who was Ben Hicks white and all yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend who was part of a job agency and she's like, I'll give me a resume and if anything pops up I'll just flick you a text and she flicked me a thing for an Italian restaurant down the bottom of town called Michael's and I went in, done a trial. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And he's like, I'll pay you $400 a week. Well, sorry, $300 a week. At the time, I was like, oh, yes. Killing it. Killing it. I remember like, I'd worked for cash my whole life and I never had a steady paycheck. Yep. And like, after the interview, I literally went to a bank and opened up my first bank account. <laughs> <laughs> but then, was, even still then, it was just a job until about, about a year into it, my TAFE teacher pulled me aside. And he's like, oh, I'm enrolling you into a um, cooking competition. And I was like, I don't want to do it. He's like, you don't bring a book to work class. You've never done any kind of homework. Yeah, then you're one of the better students here. You goes, imagine if you actually tried. And I was like, oh, really good point. So <laughs> where's shit? And, and so do you, remember, though, do, you, do you remember though, like the point where you were like, I really, I, re- I really fucking love this, and this is this is where I want to be. Like, uh, it wasn't a point. It was, there's like a lot of little bits. Like I really liked nighttime, and I loved finishing when everyone else was in bed. And yeah. I loved being able to say I've done 60 hours a week while everyone else is like oh I'm so yeah, tired yeah. I've done 38 hours Bad you, know that. you know what I mean there's like a, little bits and pieces and I've, after about two years working with my best friend in the kitchen I was like this is definitely something I could do Yeah, for a long time I think, I think what most people find about it's about the same, same time frame I think about like a year to 18 months if you get through that and you enjoy it I think it, then you, you're kind of hooked Yeah, I think if you get to that point and you're still not sure maybe look for some, something else I yeah, think definitely. from people I've spoken to and myself as well it just takes that long to get comfortable in the kitchen and get good enough in your job that you're not just going home feeling crap every night that you can actually start to enjoy those small things yeah. so I think that's kind of what we, we've said to apprentices and things before who, who maybe after a couple of months and I felt very much the same after my first few months and I was like fuck this is going to be easy or not as hard and you're just like you're not you're not getting it it takes and, and it's and it, and it worries it takes you time. Like, yeah, yeah like yeah, of course yeah. you're gonna be shit you're yeah you like yeah yeah and it's and it's not just eight but that's months. okay isn't it you know yeah, yeah exactly yeah and it takes a little bit of time and then i think once you get past that it just clicks and you start to get it and it just starts to get really fucking fun yeah, yeah because you co- you're competent and yeah, then yeah. someone else will come in underneath well, exactly, you yeah, and yeah. you get to start like recently we've had a new guy and then like our Mason, who was the new guy, yeah. has had to start telling someone what to do. And then Mason's realized, I fucking know heaps of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. actually like, you know, and he, like, that you see people really thrive on it. Yeah. Um, like That's really I've cool. seen yeah. so and, many and you, people thrive on it, and yeah. that makes them better again. And you do move, you can move move through quite quickly. Um, mm. And you, you'll usually go from, you know, the, the bottom rung to the, at least the second one, probably within that year. Yeah, year, 18 months. It doesn't take yeah. long. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, like, there's, there's really good progression like that as well. Um, I'll move us along we've been talking a lot like obviously you guys are all chefs about uh, the experience in the kitchen 
Um, and there's, you know, obviously the front of house side and, and, and we've touched on it a, a bit as well. But one of the things that uh, Adam talked about and that I've had a bit of a think about as well is, is it's called hospitality because you are being hospitable for people. And the ultimate goal of it is to make the customers have as good a time as possible. And sometimes you make customers have a really fucking awesome time. And a lot of that feedback will come through front of house first. So they obviously... Um, big part of the, like just as important part of the industry is, is, is front of house and what Adam, Adam said is like being able to interact with customers and develop a sort of empathy for them and just ensure that they have a great experience and get that feedback from them and that's something like I, I did quite a bit of front of house work as well um, be, trying to sort of read the customers and the sort of night that they're having and the type of people that like what they're sort of open to in terms of how much you can lead them in what to eat or drink that night um, or how much you know how much they want to be attended how much they want to know about the produce how to, how to speak to them yeah like, and how to talk to them and that do that in like two minutes as Adam said like they come in you've got like two minutes to be like okay is this guy a suit or is this guy yeah. a skater like yeah. you know these guys on a romantic meal or they want to you know have a bit of a laugh exactly do they want to chat to me all night or they want me to leave them alone yeah, yeah. like it happens so quickly right? and yeah. so like that i guess the the first thing that comes to mind that comes out of that is the gratification that you get of someone being really appreciative appreciative and just had a really good time because in restaurants like this in restaurants like all your guys is the places where significant memories are created yeah. and and people have significant moments in their lives like I'm sure there's probably been some proposals in this restaurant and and things like that yeah yeah we've a few and yeah, we've exactly. a couple yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And, nice. yeah and um and that's so special like yeah, yeah, that that's a, that's a very very special thing and to to be you know on the floor and you see like a loved up couple in the corner like having a special night and she fucking starts crying because he's just proposed to mm. her and stuff like Seeing that sort of thing go on in your workplace yeah. is that's really really well, cool. yeah that, that that's the that is the ultimate goal and I think probably obviously three chefs focus much on the kitchen you can only have that feeling in the kitchen after service if it's gone well yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. and and you know the, the front can even if your food's on point the, the front and the service can and or even if someone's mood can can affect that as someone having a good time or a bad time and so you want everyone leaving having a good time whether it's they particular love the food or particular love the service or the fact they just got left alone because that's what they wanted because you've read them properly so like you can only have that elated feeling end of in the service if, if it's gone well yeah and that comes when down it does to go the, well it's awesome exactly yeah and everyone's feeling good so then that comes down to the front of house um yeah obviously very much just as important as the chefs oh we're, we're so lucky we've got a killer front of house team mm. like and they make they do they make people's nights yeah like I think we had last week we had what, one bit of feedback we got from this group of four, and I, I won't mention the. There was lo- like a lovely comment that I won't mention the restaurant's name, but they said, "Oh, there's we went to a hatted restaurant in Sydney last week, and she, the, the lady said, I want I want to bring them down here so they can like <laughs> they can learn from your front of house crew." Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah, right. like, "Wow, that's a massive compliment." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why that's like that's one of the main reasons why we, like I do it. It's not like. If you guys would know what I eat at home, you guys would be horrified. Like, <laughs> I cook for other people. I don't cook for myself. Like, yeah, yeah. I think the front of house thing is interesting because, especially in Wollongong, and I guess, I guess across Australia, is there's a lot more part-time casual front of house staff. So, oh, then so, permanent. Though, yeah. So the, the, the end goal for them isn't obviously isn't to enjoy this career. It's it's a couple of years stopgap. Obviously, plenty. 
make it a career but I think like there's just if you're in uni doing whatever and it's, you know, it's your first time moving home there's probably no better job you could get than working in hospitality because of the skill set you'll learn. Yeah, and, and and you know just just the the social skills and dealing with people. Yeah, dealing with people, exactly. the knowledge you'll learn, and all those things. I think like it, I can't think of a better uni job than working in hospitality. Me either. As, as a casual, and you make some front of house well, employee. Like, yeah, friends. So like as you say, like the social aspect of it, like mm. with the friends, but also the social aspect aspect that you have to interact. At work, yeah. and as a casual, the pay's pretty good. Yeah, well, like, yeah, really, yeah, if yeah, you're exactly, doing, yeah. If you're just doing like three, three six-hour shifts a week, yeah. like getting nearly twenty-five yeah. an hour now yeah. with no experience. The pay's like, good. It works out well with your with your hours in uni, and, and I think mm. it, it's a uh, which you know, is why most most of our front house staff are casual and in university, and it yeah. and it is just a, it's probably the the better job you can have. Um, yeah, great. Do you, you guys get a lot of uni students? Just yeah, pretty much strictly beside the kitchen. Everyone else. Do you, do you get many? Do you, have you guys had many uni students through your kitchens at all? Because that's one thing you don't see much. And well, that's like I only work in kitchens at uni. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't um, see many while I was at uni, like in kitchens as well. Yeah, that. that we just said the difference is that with front of house, there's there's so many casuals. Yeah. That the what they want to get from the industry is a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. To chefs, they're not. Um, well, we need lifers in kitchens like ours. Yeah. Like, well, we yeah. Need, like I yeah. know, I need three people around me that that's what they do and that's all they do because yeah. they're not going to be real happy if that's not what they want to do yeah exactly yeah. one of the things Adam said was, was little things like having a good knowledge about wine and having a good knowledge about food that's just a goes really a long use, way that's a really useful thing it's a good that life people skill, fucking man. really respect yeah. and love yeah. in a social setting yeah, like, like as a chef or if you work with wine on the front people will ask you like what wine to order what food to order what restaurants to go to what's the best cafe all these things and that's a pretty nice feeling being that that kind of that person with that knowledge oh I get sent that many messages like I'm in Melbourne where oh, I yeah, eat yeah, I'm in Sydney yeah. where I'm Tell going me to about yeah. it, man. guy messaged me mate messaged me the other day he's yeah, like my gig the at the opera house in two weeks where do I have dinner yeah like, yeah it's funny because you, you then you Google same. it and tell them like you know off oh, by heart. It's great. I'm happy to like <laughs> happy to tell them, of course. I want them to have a good. Do you know what? Do you know what? Hilarious. Do you know what the stupidest thing is? The funniest thing as well. It's like when you get one of those texts and you're like, "Go here." And then, you, and then you call them on the Monday or something did you go to there and yeah. they go nah we ended up going somewhere else and it was <laughs> yeah, shit yeah, and you're yeah, like you're a yeah, fucking idiot yeah. you should have listened yeah. to me but it's always and it was like, shit yeah. of course it fucking was <laughs> but it's always weird oh, I went to Hard Rock Cafe like, what? yeah yeah what is Brazilian barbecue oh, I love so that shit <laughs> don't ask me next time when do this pancake shop yeah, yeah, yeah. for dinner yeah <laughs> don't ask me in future yeah, just listen to us, guys. If yeah. you ever send us a text, for sure. <laughs> just act on act on the act yeah, on yeah. the reply. Yeah, um, but, yeah. Like I think I think another thing that sort of weaves into uh, what you were saying about yeah, it's a perfect job for students and things like that. But yeah, there's uh, there's just a lot of because of that you you have to use a diverse range of personal skills, whether it's communication or practical skills, working with your hands. Um, doing things efficiently so much of that transfers into everyday life and I guess yeah. responsibility as well it's sort of like especially as a chef if you're responsible for a section and that's your job you know you, you know how to have responsibility you can't just chuck it away to the side it's like you were saying before Jesse it's like you have to do it there's like you, 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 it's not like another industry where there's so many so many employees that you can kind of be replaced for that short amount of time you're responsible mm. and, and you're really fucking responsible yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah. that 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 like that level of responsibility, having that, is really transferable into into everyday life. It's like 
or like oh, whatever sure. it might be like if you get a dog then you're like well fuck it's my dog and I'm in charge of this dog and I'm going to take care of it you know like I'm not going to let it sound like Steph's fucking dog yeah, on the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to neglect the poor thing I'm going to let it drink water and then and then I think some of the so yeah some of the other things I guess we were talking about when you get to what you guys do as well it's like managing finances and budgeting and things like that obviously you're going to use that in your everyday life well, especially when it comes to like like you know when I was doing diggies and Dagwood, you have a huge responsibility, mm. man. If you're fucking three percent out, like you're in trouble, and so so you should be. It's your job, mm. like, and it's the biggest part of it, like. Um and and another thing, yeah, that Adam touched on was uh, giving, just giving you confidence. You, I've seen people come into a hospitality as and it's their first first time ever working in the industry, like whether it's on the floor or, or as, as a dishy and stuff, and they might be a pretty closed off yeah. introverted person and by the end of their stink they're, they're completely different out there yeah, they've like completely yeah. changed because you, you're forced to socialize yeah. and you and you're on you're in a pressure filled environment and you and you know if you're at the front of house you you can't you not talk to people like yeah yeah <laughs> that's your job like yeah. our food runners are, are very responsible like talked about responsibility the amount of responsibility I, I place on them as the chef they are the ones that have to tell the customer, like ideal world, I'd love to tell the customer what we did, how we did it, and what's on the plate. But like, that's not possible. I'm on a section. Like, but they are responsible to go out and tell them, you know. And yeah, yeah. To, they've got to, a lot on their shoulders. Well, we sort of like, and they're young. All the hours you put in, exactly. And all the stuff you do, and all the technique, and all the sourcing. They, they've got to try and condense that. Because especially like to this little delivery. So when, when we send the stuff and the, the tasting notes and the wine notes. I write way too much. It's sprawling. It's yeah. kind of like fucking stream of consciousness. And they've got to try and take my little like yeah. fucking brain fart and put it into a way <laughs> to explain it to a table. And I'm like, you can't spend five, can't spend five minutes? Just talk to them for five minutes. No, sorry. I'll be dinging the bell trying to get them back in after two. Need you to come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they, they, they've got to, you know, condense that information down. And, and It's a massive responsibility. Yeah. Some of, like, some of them like 20 years old or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get but, that. Confidence is a massive thing. Mm. Like I was... Key. I was a weird kid from Dapto that had a hoodie on and didn't talk to people. <laughs> like I've been cooking in Wollongong for fourteen years and what started hanging out with you guys maybe three years ago. Like yeah, yeah. Before that, you wouldn't have even known. Yeah. What other things? It's definitely helped with confidence. Just everyone being so accepting and so mm. in it together that it yeah. just doesn't matter. Mm. If you're young and in front, like if your first job is on the floor at a restaurant, eighteen. 19 years old like a restaurant like ours like the mm. way they whether they're confident or not at the table could be 0.5 in your review mm. yeah, like yeah they're yeah. responsible for that yeah. you know, I, think, I think it transfers it to life you're very right? much treated like an adult like you could be 18 you'd be your first job front house but you're, you're treated like an adult here as well I think um, like you know, a, lot, a lot of trade jobs sound like the uh, the apprentice just gets treated, treated like a, a kid and gets all yeah. the all the shitty jobs and things like that I think like when you're here you're, you're treated like an adult um, you're, you're given the respect. You're expected um, to hold yourself like one. So well, exa- yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think like, you know, there's no kind of molly cuddling, mm-hmm. molly coddling, mm-hmm. pod coddling, yeah. coddling, coddling. Yeah. You don't get molly coddling. But I think yeah. it's great. For, it's great for yeah, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Confidence. Yeah. Like when I say kid, I mean like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to interact with customers. Yeah. They think, have expectations of you, yeah. and you're probably killing after a couple the, of years. You're killing it. Socially. On the on the flip side as well, I've seen plenty of cocky little fuckers come in yeah. and bring get knocked down bring, a peg or ten knocked down a peg <laughs> to become a more even yeah. human being humble the, and yeah so, so I think like it's a humbling it, experience yeah yeah so I think it can kind of work either ways and it can definitely um, 
it gives you some some social skills that you can you can take into your life. You don't have that luxury in in this industry to have that spare income. Like, I'd love to have a, an apprentice for that for the first two years. I could make him unpack deliveries, and, <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah. that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you don't. Like, <clears throat> I have four people in my kitchen that works up. You know, combined of seven days, every one of them have to be able to do pretty much every other job. Like. Mm. I can't afford to have someone just on retainer to teach them a lesson for a yeah, year. Small, yeah, yeah, smaller kitchens. There's a lot more individual responsibility as far as like you know. There's not that like one job for you or three jobs for like. It's like you need to do everything. Yeah. Mm. If yeah. someone's sick, you need to do it better. Yeah, like, do it twice. Um, well, we've been going for a while. Uh, I guess we can wrap it up this little part of the conversation. But like, we've been through a shitload of stuff. But is there any? Is there any other little tidbits that people? Um, thinking of just they want to chuck into the pot about it like as you said yeah good good knowledge of food and wine like there's plenty of those sort of transferable skills as well and one one that um, Adam mentioned too was being able to learn systems and being able to think that efficiency is important and being able to constantly improve your efficiencies in what you do to try to make things and that again transfers into how you manage yourself in everyday life it's become second nature I think yeah yeah uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, like all the social aspects and things like that. I think one of the things that I miss as well um, from being in kitchens is I actually really enjoyed prepping like and, and having something where it's like, okay, this is going to take you an hour and a half to do mm. and you don't even, like, there's a sort of a cathartic, you know, meditative nature about if you need to chop this and chop that and put that in the thing and then do step by step by step to get the final product yeah. and you don't necessarily need to even talk to anyone you might be in a prep kitchen by yourself but it's really it's it's really quite relaxing if you've if you've got the time yeah, to, sure. to, to, to sit there and go through one of those things so even though um you know it's a high pressure job you can find yourself in yeah. these moments of real just sort of like peace one of the better outlets that i have like if i'm feeling if i'm stressed or i've got stuff in my head and i'm home I'll cook something for two hours and listen to music. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's cathartic. It's I think what I like about prepping, and it kind of reminded me of the day when I was prepping these squabs, is when you get a job, and it might be like the first time you don't know, or you did it a couple of years ago, and you go through loads, and by the end, you're really good at it. Yeah. And you start, and you're kind of like, you're moving around, you're not quite right. <laughs> yeah. Why are these squabs down to like one minute 15 to like bone them out? Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, I'm tying myself in the last couple. Yeah. And like, like that little like, easy kind of progression and, and achievement just within a, a random day. Yeah. I, I always really enjoy that. And when you, when you, yeah, you do something time and time again, you can see yourself getting better, you can see your skills it's funny. becoming quicker. And then, yeah, There's not many but, people that can say that you know they can do that like either. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Can you burn a chicken in under yeah. a fucking minute? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 you want to go? <laughs> Got my knife on me. But yeah, that's something that we always encourage apprentices to do is like time yourself, like like beat yourself. Yeah, for like, sure. Even if, yeah. like if me and Tom end up doing a similar job, like you can see us both just start to speed up, yeah. and then one of us be like, "Are you racing?" Be like, "Nah." <laughs> fuck I am <laughs> stop racing everything's a fucking competition yeah, yeah exactly yeah and, and that little that, that kind of competitive nature to it and that achievement just, just every day you can have a little achievement like that yeah it's cool anyway look um, so many so many positives to talk about and I think one thing that we talked about before we started the podcast is that we're really only like I mean we've got three chefs and a publisher here <laughs> so like we're talking from a pretty reduced perspective compared to what the whole of the hospitality industry encompasses which yeah. can be hotels we were talking about um Halisa's new job like working at Mr Wong and working for Maryvale and how much that must be a completely different experience and she would have a completely different take on some of the positives of hospitality working for an organization like that 
you know, hospitality. You can be work. You can work on cruise ships. You can you can fucking on an you, island. Yeah, on an island somewhere. You can work island. as a private yeah. as a fucking private caterer. There's there's yeah. so much out there. So obviously, we're just giving our perspective, which you know it does encompass a lot of what hospitality is. It's like small business and uh, you know restaurants and bars and and cafes and and working as a chef and the experience that we have working front of house and stuff. But um. Obviously, there's a big, broad conversation that can happen, and everyone's got their own different experiences. But hopefully, we've shed a little bit of light on why people love this fucking industry. Like, and people care about it so much. You know what I mean? It's like you, you might be an accountant or insurance salesman or whatever it is, but the food, you're, you're super interested in the food industry because there's just something magic and cool about it. Mm. And, you know, it's just it's it's got some it's got some real charm and character and 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 there's creativity. There's there's just so much positive stuff yeah. as well. So. That's, yeah. I guess, what we've been trying it, to focus it, on. Yeah. yeah, I think that the overall probably message we probably wanted to get out because we do complain and bitch quite often is that it is a legitimate industry to go into and make a career out of. Yeah, whether it's front, which I think definitely people need to focus more on that being a career. I think a lot. Of, I, lot I agree. A lot of things yeah. we said, I think, go hand in hand. We'll see. We've gone from a chef perspective, but same things are that camaraderie and that that progression and that that getting better at your job. And you know, the good thing about front house is you get to see directly happy customers mm. chefs don't get to see that quite so much so so there's you know, we talked less about it but there's so so many positives from that um, and I think yeah definitely getting out that it's great for a stop gap it's great whilst you're in uni but it's also great as a career mm-hmm. and it'll cool. never get it'll never get old I think that's one of the better mm. things is that just people got to eat well, yeah and people keep pushing it forward it's not like an, you know, an accountant you're always just going to be adding stuff up like stuff I'm doing now I never did 10 years ago and yeah that's stuff a good point stuff doing now has never been done in Wollongong before kind of thing like it's always there's always someone pushing it so you either got to keep up or, or fall behind that's a really good point I think that that's yeah that's mm, a good way to end unique, on it's very like unique yeah. the industry is constantly changing and developing and if and, and you need to develop as well or you do get left behind yeah. and, and that and, and it's that development like even with whether it's boning squab or going from an apprentice to being a head chef it's that sort of development that brings real satisfaction in people's lives so yeah cool mm. All right. I think we've covered it. Real yeah. talk. Yeah, right. We'll leave it at that for that. Um, do you guys want to plug any events bef- oh, before I've we got, finish off? Yeah. I've got, we've got one on Thursday, the Larvae Letter. Yeah, um, on Friday. but Larvae Letter Wine Night with uh, Sebastian Crowther. So Seb is the only the second person in Australia to gain the title of Master of Wine, like Master Sommelier, which is fucking a crazy achievement and yeah. it, where it's pretty flattering for him to... He's also got Real Wines Distribution Company. Um, <clears throat> so he's going to be at the restaurant <clears throat> on Thursday night. Um, whether or not, this probably won't be out before then. But Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get it on Friday. But we'll get it there. But um, we'll yeah, so it, that's that's pretty cool for us. Another another one for us is really cool. So it's La Violetta, who's AJ Hodley in um, Denmark, WA. He can't come because he's been in hospital. He's been a bit sick. Um, so shout out to him. He's, I think he's feeling better now, but it, unfortunately he can't make it. He was going to, but Seb will still be here, and um, we've just opened the bar. We're going to open the bar up for everything by the glass and some snacks, so it makes it a bit more accessible. But um, it should be a fun night. Yeah, Make another good one. Jesse? Um, at, towards the end of September, I'll have a dinner, a one-off dinner, kind of a pop-up at His Boy, uh, just pretty much recapping my trip to America. Nice, awesome, and then what night? Do you know what night it Wednesday is? Wednesday or Thursday, guaranteed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's planned for so the twenty sixth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then hopefully twenty sixth was it? Yeah, twenty sixth of September. Yep, penciled in. Nothing set. Oh, what? Um, sorry, what day is it? I don't know. 
26. Anyway, 26. 26. Whatever that is. 26. I think it is Wednesday. <laughs> but um, I might change it up. on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then hopefully a couple of weeks later, the three on three will. That's what yeah. everyone wants to know about. Yes. Yes. When's the three on three happening? So it's Roy, three on three basketball. I've got my singlets ready to go upstairs. They're waiting. Yeah, if all of the plans should be. Like second week of October. Okay, and how do people yes. people follow? Why don't we do it? Savings they week? can just follow his boy Elroy on Instagram, and they'll be able to find like details of all that sort of yeah, stuff. When yeah, it comes yeah, yeah. Once we start promote, uh, promoting it again, just, his boy Elroy will have all the details. Um, cool. Yeah, Simon, awesome. uh, we got the Salis Winery from Orange coming down uh, this Friday, the seventh. Um, super cool, cool climate, um, minimal intervention winemakers. Make some super super nice stuff. So a couple of those guys are coming down. Um, we're got a wine dinner with Tyrrells. Uh, When's that? On the a date. Oh yes. <laughs> some that's happening. <laughs> Is it <laughs> next month? Or? No, it's, it's October. It's a little while away. It's October. But um, yeah, bringing uh, I think Bruce Terrell down there. A bit of a legend in one of the first families of wine. Yep. Um, and all their their top stuff matches some food. So I'm pretty excited. Cool. To have them come down. How much, um, how much is that going to be? <laughs> or are they they're, pretty, they're looking after you? Pretty good deal. Looking yeah. after us, yeah. So, so sure. it won't be, uh, won't be the cheapest one. Because their, their top stuff but, is not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap, yeah. But it's yeah, fucking there's, good. There's some good deals going down in it. So now we'll be opening some cool stuff That'll be a good as one. well. Um, and a vegetarian dinner on 12th of October as well, I believe. Um, actually, we'll be a, it'll be, actually, it's plant-based dinner. So it will be... Uh, vegan slash vegetarian type of thing? It will basically be vegan. Well, we'll be vegan. I was going to say, you can't go basic. Yeah, vegan. yeah. <laughs> they don't like when you do that, do they? Um, it'll, be, it'll be vegan, it'll be plant based. Um, and we've had good receptions in before, so that, that'll be fun. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Um, anything else, guys? I wanted to quickly say, oh, there's a new Cold Coast magazine out that just came uh, yeah. out as well, so get around that. I haven't had a look at it. Uh, I was supposed to write an article for this one, but I got too wrapped up in the book and had to put it off for the next one. But my next article for it will be really cool. Um, I quickly want to plug, I, I interviewed on the radio show. If you don't already, you can listen to my radio show on Vox FM on Tuesday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, but I had a couple of girls on the radio show last week from uh, One Wave. It's called an organization that deals with mental health using sort of surfing and community as a bit of a support base. And they do a thing called Fluoro Fridays at North Beach on, on Fridays at 6.30 in the morning. And it's basically just a, a, a way for people to find community and find an outlet for any of their mental health issues it has not, this has nothing to do with food I just want to plug it because it's really cool what they do so every Friday morning at 6.30 at North Beach in Wollongong you can go down there and you'll probably see a group of people sitting around and it's basically just sit around have a coffee if there's anything that's troubling you in your life you can get it off your chest to a accepting welcoming community of people who won't judge you and will allow you to talk about your feelings. And you can also go there and just listen to people if you don't want to awesome. share your feelings or anything. And then after that, you just go go for a swim in the ocean, and that's it. And it's and and it's really cool. It started off nice. in uh, it started off in Sydney, Bondi, I think. And now there's little groups all over all over Australia and around the world. Like in Bali, there's some as well that, yeah, that cool. do it on every Friday morning just to sort of you know. Uh, reduce the stigma around mental health so shout out to fluoro fridays you can follow one wave is all it takes on uh social media is what they're called um yeah for me uh, the the bistro officina cookbook it's called farm to flame that's going to be coming out at the end of november which is quite a while away now 
but yeah, uh, yeah, that's it from me. You guys, quickly, social media. Uh, Simon underscore Evans underscore Cavo, Cavo uh, underscore Restaurant, and mm-hmm. then you can search Cavo on Facebook. And you so that's for all the events. And yeah. Jesse, what's his boy's Instagram? Uh, his boy's Instagram is his boy Elroy. Yep. One word. Um, one word. And Lee and me is the same. Yes. Lee and me the same. Mine is n.y.2. N.y.2. Okay. Cool. Follow Jesse on Instagram. Andy? Uh, at Andy, at Chef Andy Burns, at Babyface Kitchen, at two underscore smoking barrels. Yeah, cool. Follow that for all uh, events. Um, nice. For me, it's Quicksand Food, which is sort of the publishing side of it. Um, you can follow my personal one if you want, because I do. I put all my radio stuff on the personal one, which is Steph Quicksand. Uh, yeah, and again, all, as always, thank you so much for listening to the show. Sorry it's taken us six weeks to put an episode out, but that's completely my fault. Um, we'll be better. Yeah. yeah. We'll, Thanks, Jess. We will be better. If you want to get in touch with the show, obviously we love to hear feedback. Like Feedback is one of the things that keeps keeps this going. Uh, knowing that people listen to this show and care about what we have to say is one of the things that keeps us going. So if you want to give us some feedback, you can get in touch via social media or you can email the podcast at info at quicksandfood.com. If you've got anyone that you think would be a good guest, if you think you'd be a good guest, if you've got any talking points, subjects for us to discuss on future podcasts, please send us an email and we'll consider having a chat about them or just give you a shout out. If, if you've got a business, yeah, <laughs> if you've got a business uh, in, in Wollongong, something interesting that you want us to talk about, we're happy to help you plug your business yeah, and we'll stuff. Yeah, we'll plug your shit. Hit so us up. Hit yeah. us up. Uh, and yeah, that, that should be about it. You can also go to iTunes and whatever podcast app you use when you're listening to this and leave us a five-star review and talk about how good it is. Five but, stars. Uh, Just leave us a five-star. We'll, yeah, five stars only. Um, <laughs> Perfect podcast. We'll leave, it, we'll leave it there for now, guys. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us for this thanks, episode. Jess. It's no, good, to have, good to have some new crew along from some different joints around Wollongong. Wollongong Vet. Yeah, yeah, a Wollongong vet, stalwart of the Wollongong cuisine. Um, thanks so much for listening to Gong Show, everyone. Goodbye. Bye bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.